0: What is up everybody welcome back to what is now week nine of the money nine podcast and we're coming off our first losing week in three weeks here two and three last week couple of bad breaks the uh, will Lutz, if only could hit a 27 yard field goal then we would be uh, have our third winning week in a row but regardless here we are we're 500 now on a season 19 19 and two through 40 games. Uh, two weeks of the podcast only pick that one lost last week, bringing us to one in one on the year. I'm a bitch a little bit right now. Uh, I mentioned the Saints one already. Will Letty it's a field goal in regulation. Saints would have won twenty six to twenty, but instead here we are. Um, Rams Dolphins last week. I loved that pick a week ago. And if you would have told me before the game that the Rams outgained Miami 471 to 145, outdid them on first downs 31 to 8, had 5.1 yards of play to the Dolphins, three yards of play, and one time possession by 13 minutes, I would have said, oh, the Rams won by four touchdowns. They lost. They lost by double digits. What the heck is going on? That's just, you know. Numbers don't tell the whole story, but we got another week, another chance to win some money, so here we go. Here are this week's NFL picks here on the Moneyline Podcast. Alright, first pick of the week, taking a number here, Chicago, plus 6.5 at Tennessee. Didn't take any underdogs last week, there's a couple dogs I like this week. Now, like I said, I'm betting a number here. I don't think the Tennessee Titans are playing well enough to be favored really over anyone by six and a half unless, you know, the Jets or the Cowboys. Um, but I don't think the Titans are playing well enough to be favored by six and a half over anyone. Uh, Titans couldn't get any pressure on Burrow. Let him pick them apart last week. That, that's a terrible offensive line in, um, in Cincinnati. Now the Bears have some injuries up front, but their O-line is better than Cincinnati's. Uh, that's not good for the Titans. Um, and the, I think the Tennessee defense, they're just an antidote to a struggling offense. And, you know, with the way Tennessee's defending, maybe David Montgomery, not maybe. I really do think Montgomery's going to be able to run the ball much better this week, giving Foles more time to throw, especially off play action. Foles did hit a deep shot last week. The Bears offense did show some life last week against the Saints. I think Matt Nagy's a better coach than he uh, has shown so far. I think the lack of quarterback play has um really derailed him up to this point but i mean chicago's five and three i'm talking about them like they're three and five um and like i said a tennessee defense they're the antidote to a struggling offense and let's think about the games where the titans take out the Bengal game i think that's a bit of aberration for the titan offense but when has derrick henry and the titans offense struggled struggled against pittsburgh struggled against the broncos What are those two teams? Teams who run multiple defensive fronts with physical defensive linemen and linebackers that can meet Derrick Henry in the hole. Enter the Chicago Bears with Akeem Hicks and Rory Robertson-Harris up front with Khalil Mack at outside linebacker. He is a problem, especially with Taylor Lewan for the Titans being out. And then you have Roquan Smith, the middle linebacker, who's really one of the best young linebackers in the NFL. I think the Chicago defense holds Derrick Henry in check. And with that, Ryan Tannehill doesn't get the play-action passing game going. That's really where he's effective. Play-action game, hitting the intermediate in deep routes. Not really a precision passer who's going to pick you apart from the pocket. He wants to you know, play action, hit you down the field, roll out, use, a, use his athleticism. think the Bears are going to limit that to an extent. Now, not going to take the Bears to win here. I think the Titans win 24-20, to but 6.5 is too big of a number. I'm betting a number here in a Tennessee team that's not as good as previously thought, and you know, I said it on a podcast with Jeff Dubroff a couple weeks ago. I didn't buy into the Titans, I still don't buy into the Titans as legitimate contenders. Uh, six and a half, too big of a number, like the Bears plus six and a half here. All right, now let's move on to my second game of the week. Um, line moved up here, so I don't like it as much as I did, you know, maybe a few hours ago. But Seattle minus three and a half at Buffalo. Now, simple, simply put here. Russell Wilson's a lot better than Josh Allen. I mean, that's worth more than three and a half points, just that in itself. And neither defense is playing real well, uh, meaning it's going to be on the quarterbacks to make plays. Buffalo had this, um, they had this reputation coming into the year, and rightfully so, of being a really, really good defense. Because last year they were, and Sean McDermott's a very good defensive coach. That has not been the case for the 2020 Buffalo Bills. They have not been a good defensive team. Now, there is time for them to write that ship you know, overall, as far as the season goes, but this week is not the week to do that against a Seattle offense led by led by Russell Wilson, who's probably the front runner for MVP right now. Um, and just you know, despite the record, Bills are a six and two. Buffalo's is a middle of the pack team. Um, they're they're not a. I mean, per Football Outsiders, fourteenth best team in the league. That's all. That's right about at average um this is not an elite team this team is not very good defensively they benefit by playing in a really really weak division with the dolphins the patriots and the uh and the jets who are the worst team you know i've ever seen two of their wins actually are against the jets they're four zero in their division um two and two outside of it and uh seattle looking at these two teams Seattle can at least defend the run. Now, they don't really have pass rushers. I think their corners are average, you know, maybe. Jamal Adams is really, really good, though. Seattle can at least defend the run, though. They got run stopping defensive linemen uh, and Josh Allen. He's not what Russell Wilson is. Buffalo can't really defend the run or the pass this year. They're, they haven't been a good run defense. Seems have run all over them, and they haven't been a good pass defense. And against Russell Wilson, that's a problem. I think points are scored in this game. I checked the weather. It's a. Going to be a very good day in Buffalo. High 63, low of 52 on Sunday is what the Apple weather app says. Sunny, no precipitation. Like Seattle to win and cover here, 35-27. If you're someone who likes to bet the overs, I recommend betting them in this game. The over-under line is 55. I think we see some points in this one, uh, but I like Seattle minus 3.5 against the Buffalo Bills. Now, before we get into my favorite pick of the week, I want to ask you guys, are you a coffee addict like myself? Well, if you are, let me introduce you to Prison City Coffee. Prison City Coffee uses high-quality coffee beans to make sure your cup of joe gets your day started off on the right foot. Check out Prison City Coffee on Facebook and Instagram to order your first bag, and use a promo code On. that's right, RIDEON, at checkout to get $2 off your first order. Alright, moving on. My favorite pick of the week, the Baltimore Ravens in a pick 'em at the Indianapolis Colts. I can't believe this game's a pick 'em. It started off at minus two and a half for Baltimore, it's gone all the way down to a pick 'em. A lot of money coming in on the Colts. I don't see, I know Ronnie Stanley's gone, I know Marlon Humphrey is going to be out, uh, but this is a bad matchup. I mean, these are two really good defenses. Indianapolis is a very good defense, Baltimore is a very good defense. That means somebody has to make plays on offense. And between Lamar Jackson and Phillip Rivers, it's not going to be Phillip Rivers. Also, these two teams, same record, you know, 5-2. and two. Baltimore's losses are to Pittsburgh and Kansas City. I mean, those are maybe the two best teams in the league, two of the best three teams in the league. I mean, that, Pittsburgh and Kansas City. And the Pittsburgh game came down to the final play last week. Indianapolis is lost. Their losses are to Jacksonville, who that's their only win of the season, and to Cleveland, who's ugh, really not looking very good here the last few weeks. Uh, so I really take that in consideration here. Um, I also just think Philip Rivers' immobility, he's not escaping the Baltimore pass rushers, Janique Ngakwe, Calais Campbell, Matthew Judon, Derek Wolf. That's a problem. I mean, I know the Colts have a good offensive line, but Phillip Rivers is going to see pressure, and he ain't escaping it. And when he gets pressure is when he makes those mistakes. He's going to throw... I'm going to say at least two interceptions. Um, and while while the Colts are good analytically, and I do mention football outsiders a lot on this podcast, I really love their site. Um, I try to match up what I see on Sunday, Monday, and Thursday with you know what I see on their site as far as who's really good and who isn't. Uh, It isn't. They've kind of given me, you know, I have a confirmation bias because they think Tampa Bay is the best team in the league, and I think Tampa Bay is the best team in the league. Um, and Indianapolis, they're a top five team analytically. Um, but while they're good analytically, the eye test does not match up here. I mean, I don't watch the Indianapolis Colts and think they are an elite, elite team. Uh, I watched the Baltimore Ravens. I think they are a very, very good team bordering on elite. I think the Colts are kind of an overachieving team. They're a very well coached team, but they just don't have dynamic playmakers on offense. I like the Ravens to win comfortably here, 27 to 14. They just have more playmakers on their team. The Colts, they have a good defense. But I just don't think their offense is going to be able to do enough to keep up with a really, really good Baltimore team. This is my favorite pick of the week: Baltimore in a pick 'em, twenty-seven to fourteen over the Colts. All right, moving on now to my fourth pick of the week. Really, really like. I almost had this as my favorite pick, but I really like Miami plus four and a half at Arizona. Now, know what you're thinking? Two attack of Iloa did not impress in his NFL debut. I expected that he went up against a very good defense in the LA Rams. It just happened that the Rams committed about 90 turnovers on offense. Now, per Football Outsiders, Miami is a top 10 team, and you watch their defense. Their defense is really good. Tua, I mean Tua, is an accurate passer. That was what he was known for in college. He's a very accurate passer. I have questions about their rushing attack, but they do have, you know, Devontae Parker is a good receiver. They got some speed guys. And their defense is their defense is really really good. That's because Brian Flores is a very good defensive coach. Um, Arizona per Football Outsiders, they're uh, the 11th best team in the league. Miami nine. That just means the spread should not be four and a half here. That's a oh, that's a big number for this game. And key thing here: Arizona suffered their worst loss of the season last year after their bye week. Arizona this year or this week is out of their bye. I think Cliff Kingsbury, I don't I've never believed him as a coach. I think Arizona, Arizona's not all that buttoned up. I think they come out, you know, I think they're gonna be I think they're gonna be a little flat this week coming out of the bye. Lastly, every team with at least two wins on Arizona's schedule so far has either beaten them or lost to them by less than four. They've beaten up on terrible teams when they've played teams that are not even good, just close to average. They've either, they've, either, they've either lost to them or it's been a really, really close game. Four and a half is too big of a number here. I actually like the Dolphins in an upset here. 26 21. Dolphins, two attack of Iloa, two a time. Miami pulls the upset. 26 21 in Arizona. All right, now onto my final pick of the week Sunday Night Football. Tampa Bay minus four and a half against the New Orleans Saints. Now, I know Tampa Bay didn't look good last week against the Giants. Didn't think the Saints looked good last week against the Bears either. I think both teams, you know, they had this game circled on the schedule. A little bit of a look ahead last week. I'm going to give Tampa Bay and New Orleans both a pass for that. From the Tampa Bay side, though, Mike Evans is healthy. Chris Godwin is back. He's uh, Evans, he, was, he wasn't healthy for the beginning of the season. He's healthy this time. He wasn't healthy in week one. He is healthy now. Chris Godwin, he will be playing this week. Remember, Godwin did not play on Monday night. Brady didn't have a second reliable wide receiver after Mike Evans. Now, add Antonio Brown into the Scotty Miller role with Rob Gronkowski, who's gotten better every week. This passing offense is an impossible cover on the outside. Uh, on the other side of the ball, the Saints' offense—they don't attack vertically. Even if Michael Thomas comes back, which I think he will. It seems like he's going to come back. For, he's been ready to come back for weeks now. It just hasn't happened for one reason or another. The Saints don't attack vertically with Michael Thomas in the game. I think the Saints got to take some deep shots in this game. I'm not sure that's what they're going to do. And if they don't, if they are just, you know, dink and dunk, a lot of short passes against a very fast Tampa Bay defense, that is a problem. I think Tampa Bay is looking to get revenge for week one when the offense was not healthy and out of sync. And remember, in week one, the Saints only had 271 yards of offense, only 4.1 yards per play. That's a bad number. Tampa Bay also had 103 penalty yards in that game. Tampa Bay has been very good about not committing penalties the last few weeks here since that Chicago game on Thursday night. Really like the Bucs here. I think they had I think they're buttoned up. I think they're ready to go. They're ready to show on uh, on the big stage why they're the best team in the league. I like Tampa Bay to win and cover here 34 to 24. All right, now moving on to my podcast only pick. I like the Denver Broncos, plus four at the Atlanta Falcons. Now, Denver is quietly a top ten defense in the NFL. It's going to make the Atlanta offense one-dimensional. Matt Ryan's not good when he's one-dimensional. He's good for fantasy, but not a good football player when he's one-dimensional. And, no know the Broncos haven't played well this year on offense, but now that Drew Locke is back at quarterback, this Denver offense is no longer anemic. And even without Cortland Sutton, Still got no offense. Still got their first-round pick, Jerry Judy. Tim Patrick really stepped up. They're now getting KJ Hamler involved in the offense. Philip Lindsay, Melvin Gordon in the backfield. A lot of weapons in this Denver offense, even without Cortland Sutton. And they're getting better every week. They're riding a high after that comeback win over the Chargers. And at three and four, the Broncos are better than you think. Here, I think Atlanta is a little bit of a mirage. Not as good as they showed last week against Carolina. Not as good as they showed, you know, when they played Minnesota. I mean, Minnesota's made a lot of teams look good this year. Uh, four is a big number here. Denver, air quotes here, upsets Atlanta 27-21. I like the Broncos here. I think they're better than people think. Also, I think people are giving Atlanta a little too much credit following their uh, following their win against Carolina. Well, those are my picks for the week. Let's make some money this week, folks. We gotta have. Let's have another winning week. Hope I can take your mind off the election here for a little bit. Hope we can all enjoy some football this Sunday. Uh, I hope you all have a great weekend. We'll see you all right back here next week on the Moneyline Podcast.